And that was something I did not expect from this. Yeah, I didn't I didn't expect to hear that either. Yeah, I'll so I need to dig in a little deeper on that. Yeah, it's a really good feeling. I did not expect it. Thanks for joining in today. I'm Kayla Leos, the CEO of Zudelio, and today I'm interviewing Denise Buscemi. Denise is a Zudelio member from Tampa, Florida. She's been in the real estate business for 23 years and seen all sorts of markets. We're going to be talking about how she sees consumer demand changing and how she's using Zudelio in her business. Denise Buscemi, EXP Realty, and I am in, in the Tampa area of Florida, but I do sell in all of Florida. I want to talk a little bit about you and your real estate journey. So give us kind of the backstory. How long have you been selling real estate? What got you into real estate? All of that good stuff. Yeah, I, I'm in the business 23 years. Um, so I was running my own small business. Um, we owned a pizzeria and I had a little baby clothing store. And I was also a training manager for Stormbox at the time. And I had three young children, a 10-year-old a one-year-old and a newborn. And I said, this isn't going to work anymore. I was very attracted to the real estate business. And I saw somebody really doing great in my area. And I said, I can do that. I want to follow her, right? So (laughs) I emulated her and made friends with her and her husband. And that's kind of how I got into the business. And it was a different time then, definitely a different time. That was in 2000. So we were not fully integrated into computers, right? So we didn't have any of that. There was no Pentium 4 fired a computer on your desk. There was a book and a Hagstrom, <laughs> which is a map that opens <laughs> with lots of pages, if anybody doesn't know, right? So, and then it was MapQuest, where you would drive like ridiculous amount of papers to get directions. And God forbid somebody canceled in between. <laughs> you didn't know where you were going. But I was motivated by so many factors. Like I became an agent. The kids were young and I needed flexibility in my schedule. I also still wanted high earnings. I was making great money then. I was working for Starbucks, had an outstanding job. I traveled different stores, trained management and opened the New York Metro market with a team. I loved it and I owned my own two small businesses and I was used to making some money. So I, uh, this, that is really what attracted me. I said, I said, well, this looks like I could make money, right? I had no idea what realtors made when I got into the business either, by the way. But I was always interested in property, architecture. I'm a custom builder's daughter. So when I had the opportunity to build my own business in this industry, it really just intrigued me. Well, it sounds like it. It sounds like, you know, at your foundation is a lot of hustle. And, you know, when you say you were working for Starbucks and you operated and owned two businesses, I mean, what that says about you is you're a very hard worker. And so it seems like when you got into real estate, that just kind of voted very well in your favor. And it's so funny. You mentioned the MapQuest. Oh, my God, I can remember printing out just pages and pages. I mean, that was, you know, it's it's. It's crazy how much technology has improved our our lives as realtors. I'm curious, like, what are some of the what are some of the things that you've seen over the years that you think have had, you know, kind of like the biggest positive impact on your business and selling real estate? Oh, texting. <laughs> uh, my car is my car is like a Google machine, so you know that is a whole new thing. Um, never mind just GPS. GPS was a huge change, but right now you could really do everything. You can voice text and voice return. And I can, I can do anything in my car right now. 
that I operate, I don't really use it all, but I can do it, right? If I have to, I can pull over and I can do everything. I can write a contract. I used to be pen to paper, like literally up until almost up until COVID, up until COVID, I was a pen to paper. I still wasn't embracing so much of the stuff. I would use some of it, but you know, e-documents and this real estate industry today is nowhere near the industry was. In addition, neither of the clientele. So they are looking for different things. So as realtors, we have to change our tactics and our techniques. And we have to learn a lot of new things, a lot of communication skill change. You know, you, you can't just, it's not nose to nose, toes to toes. That still works. But you also have to be able to communicate effectively through emails, through text, through video chat. You have to be able to embrace all of the new technology in today's world or you can't reach the clientele. And and the same goes for what we do together for cash offering because there's still so many realtors that have different opinion of cash offerings. They feel that it's, you know, not a good thing for the industry, but they have to learn to embrace some of these new tactics because the client, they're requesting it. The cost of convenience, the ease of convenience, the, the clientele is demanding it. And if you don't learn to embrace it, you could actually age out of the business. That's such a good point. And and, I, and I'll, I'll be the first one to admit when Open Door started in our market, I thought, this is ridiculous. Like, like people are never going to take these offers. Why would they walk away from money? Mm-hmm. And so I had that that paradigm shift myself. And so I know that it is something that it's, you know, not all agents see it the way we see it today. They may in the future, right, have that paradigm shift just like I I did. You seem to be very consumer centric. Um, just in listening to you, it seems like, you know, you've already mentioned to me a couple times that you've had to adapt the way you communicate, you know, adopt your offerings. How do you stay, how do you keep a pulse on what buyers and sellers want? Oh, you know, that that hasn't changed. So that is old skills that you need to keep refreshing and reminding. And that's communication, psychology. I, you know, I read psychology books as a, as a pastime. Um, you need to understand how people think and how people feel. And you need to be empathetic that they are going to have different feelings than we do and when we walk into their lives. Okay. So I say lives because we don't always walk through the door, right? I do a lot of this. They're going through things and you can't assume that what they're going through, one person's opinion is the right opinion for what is right for them. And when I say that, you know, as a cash offer consultant, you can't assume that cash offer is the best thing for the person. As a general real estate, don't assume that the sign in the yard and demanding me to clean my house and, you know, get rid of the clutter and get a painter in and and hire contractors and have people in and out. Don't assume that even if you could get more money, don't assume that's the right thing for that person who's living in those walls. You know, we're entering their home and their life. And I think that's the, the key to both general and cash offering avenues of this business is that we have to respect the life that we're entering and what is the right thing to make them happy and whatever their goal is happen. And many times, you know, people today are very... um they want it now, right? We're instantaneous. Like, I want groceries. I'm going to hit Instacart. I want, uh, I, I want no information. I'm on YouTube, or I'm, you know, I'm on on something, finding my information. I, I want to see or feel something. There's a way to get everything you need quickly, right? If I want, if I'm depressed, I'm going to look at happy things. If I'm, you know, overly happy and I need to be serious, I'm going to read something serious. Like, 
and it's all on a four by six machine, right? So I think that that's the biggest thing. And we have to understand how, how people are feeling. Hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, I, you know, I mean, I say this a lot. It's no longer like a one size fits all approach. <laughs> and I think in, in kind of like crafting your, your messaging and your communications, you know, it, it means that now we have to have this this variety of skills, you know, and we have to be armed with like new ways, different ways of getting things done. Well, tell me a little bit about how your business has evolved over the past few years. I, I see that you are an EXP agent and I'm, I'm just curious about all the things. So talk to me about uh, just how your business has evolved and and maybe even share with us like, what are some of your your goals and plans for the future? So um, over the past couple of years, my business evolved in a different way. I graduated all my children from college and high school, right? So I got married. I am in a different, whole different part of my life. I'm not in survival mode. I'm not in that, um, yeah, I've been a single mom for many, many years. So I'm not in that mode. I raised successful children and I now can say all three of those boys um, have homes, their own homes. They got on their own. Of course, I helped them, but I didn't pay for them. They got their houses by themselves. Um, so my my career and my time changed. So my time is my time. So I can use it or waste it how I want. And I think many times through the decade, whether you're working for a J-O-B or whether you're working in real estate for another broker, having to go into the office and having to, having to, and having to, okay, I'm just going to say the have to's, right? I don't have the have to's with this brokerage. I saw a change coming during COVID. Now, we did not know. None of us knew what COVID would do to the real estate business, right? Many of us thought, oh boy, we're out of business for a while, right? We thought we were done. And I was with a traditional brokerage, a very, very good brokerage here, um, and, and a very investor-focused brokerage. That's why I selected that brokerage to be with. Um, but I said, mm, this isn't going to work because I have to slide my file under a door. And the secretary unlocked the door after I left to take the file because <laughs> she was older and we, we didn't know, right? So I said okay, I hear about this EXP and this virtual brokerage. I have to level up. <laughs> Mind I tell you, I was bringing, delivering files, okay, and I was pen to paper. So I had to go to take an online course to learn how to use the computer better. And because I could use it, but I was always asking people for help. I always had an assistant. I had, you know, my, he was my fiance, but now my husband. These, I always had people to help me, right? My kids lived at home. There was always somebody to help me with the technical stuff. I didn't need to learn it. And now I was like, great, we're going to be locked up in a house and I better learn it because he's doing his thing and I'm going to have, what am I going to do? So I enrolled with EXP and I just jumped in the pool of cloud-based brokerage. <laughs> you're on your own, um, you know, and you're not on your own there. It's all there, but it's not there if you don't open the computer, right? So <laughs> I had to do all the things. I learned I didn't know how to use Excel. I didn't I didn't know how to use any of this stuff. I used them, but I had people who did them. I didn't have that anymore, so I had to learn. And so I dug in deep in that way. And uh, it was very, very challenging for me. And uh, it caused me a lot of long hours and late nights. But I also didn't expect the real estate business to explode. And it did. 
And it was the best thing I did was come to this brokerage and make the change I made because it would I would have never had the business that I had or the skill set because what what it did cause, you know, one of the things COVID did is it caused you to have some extra time to keep yourself busy. And I'm not a Netflix, you know, I don't just sit at the couch and watch TV. I have to do something to stimulate my mind. So I learned and I dug in and I'm like, well, where's, where is the business going? Where's it going? I pulled trends. I pulled, I just looked at numbers and, and I said, okay, what's happening? And that kind of stuff that compiled with local news, actual real news. Uh, okay. We won't get into the politics of news, but <laughs> actual real news. Um, and, and the black and white numbers allowed me to make some decisions on where I thought people need to be. And I saw the prices just even during COVID, they were going up, they were going up, they were going up. And a lot of the general real estate agents were doing things like, you know, appraisal, no appraisals, uh, I'll go 180000 over ask price. And I, I'm from New York. Everything goes through a lawyer in New York, right? And all I'm going is, I'm not doing that because I'm not getting sued. I'm not, after all this is over, I kept thinking that. I kept thinking like, this isn't right. And it didn't feel right to me. And so I advised my people, you know, you may want to go over, but you're going to be, this is your decision. And I would put it in writing. And I I never had one deal that was maybe 20,000 over. Like that was it. I didn't really encourage those big things. And I also never had any of them come back to me with, we found mold in the house. This happened. You said this. I didn't have that. So I had to make a decision. I could have made more money being a buyer's agent here in Florida, but I didn't. I, I focused on the listing side and I focused on 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 sellers and because and, that's what my comfort level was better anyway. So, you know, when when you look at that and you say you make those decisions, you know that you're losing some money because everybody else is like, yeah, I just walked out two seconds, sold the house, 80000 over, I'm a superstar. And they felt great. And I was ha- I was truly happy for all those ages. But I kept thinking, what are you going to do when the, when the market sh- shifts? Like, where's your skill? Like, what skill did it take to do that? <laughs> so, and, and I, you know, I wasn't talking down about it. I was asking myself because I was not embracing that, right? And I was like, maybe it's me. So when I, you know, decided I'm just, saw the market switching, I made a commitment to just focus on for sale by owners. And that's all I did is I called for sale by owners. And about two months into that, I got an opportunity to work with a hedge fund who was buying houses down here. I I just did what I was doing and 20 times what I was doing and hired an assistant, got my daughter-in-law in, got my husband in, and got everybody licensed. And we just worked from the house like a machine for, you know, eight months. So <laughs> like a big blur, but we, we made a, a conscious decision to work like somebody was chasing us was literally how we worked. Um, I said, imagine somebody was chasing you for like to beat you down and, and work like that right now, because this isn't going to last forever. And it didn't, and it didn't, but we, we, we gained a lot of traction from it. And we learned a lot about what's going on in people's minds because we obviously didn't stick to for sale by owners. We went to Liz Pendens. We went to expired listings. We went to like just general marketing. And we were talking to a lot of people. I mean, to do the amount of sales we did in a short period of time and not all of those were accepted, you can imagine how many offers were going out like, right? So we had about a 46% conversion rate on our stuff. 
And that's a great conversion rate. But but people say, oh, yeah, it was easy. No, it wasn't easy because there was the other 64% that was like, all the no's, all the, you know, all the hating and all the whatever, the, 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 all that negotiating time. But it's what we do, right? It's what we do. Through that, we learn so much. And then when I was introduced to this company, I said, ah, the timing was perfect. I said, well, well, we'll dip the toes in a little bit and we'll see. We'll see how we work together. And it's been great so far. So, I, you know, I, I resonate with so many parts of your story. And, you know, definitely that analogy of someone is chasing you. Um, I get that. There have been moments in my real estate journey where I felt the same. And, you know, this the, the saying I always use is make hay where the sun shines. Yes, and and then re- and realize that cloudy days are coming. Like this, it's not going to be like this forever. I'm sorry. Yeah, love don't you spend through. that money right away either. Yeah, like, yeah. You're making it. Just keep making it. There'll be a time to spend it, but <laughs> yeah. not when you're making it. <laughs> yeah. No, that's such good, valuable insight because I think. Well, I, I know that there are a ton of agents that made a ton of money over the past few years that probably didn't properly plan for taxes, and they're going to be screwed. <laughs> So, I mean, it's sad, uh, but it's just, you know, it, they feel like easy come, but then it's easy go. And, and I know. Yeah. So I, I want to kind of share with me, maybe, do you have a quote or a story from a mentor in your real estate journey that's just kind of stuck with you? Yeah. So I can remember early in my career, my former broker, he's now a national, um, he kicked off a national training company. He's probably semi-retired by now, but um, I think his son is running it now. He he sat with me at lunch one day and he just said, Denise, don't worry about the struggle. Two years from now, you're going to laugh at this. And those words were over a conversation of what, what there was like some stuff happening. We were in a general real estate office. There was like chaos going on because we were killing it in that office. And it was highly competitive. And there was so much stress, like you know, we had an agent come marching in in our high heels and she took the fax machine and threw it across the room. Like there was a lot of trauma. And you're on the phone and you're like, oh my God, what's going on? And, and then, you know, you you get a call one morning from all the sellers. And, you know, as we gained market share, myself in my area, I had 92% market share of listing inventory. So as that happened, competitors were yanking the signs out. One morning I woke up and all, my phone was ringing and, and, People were like, the sign is down. Why'd you take the sign down? The signs are gone. And I'm getting one after the other. And, you know, when you have a lot of market share, you're getting a lot of phone calls about this. And I'm like, gee, I don't know. I don't know. Well, we had the pizzeria. So we sent the guys out looking around and we found all our signs dumped in like the side of a woods. So somebody had took all our signs down, put them in a truck and threw them in a pile. My signs specifically. That is Oh, it was mine terrible. and one other person, the other person who had the 8% market share, and he had 92% in the in the town next to me where I had a small... Uh, so he called me. We found his signs too. So we collaborated and we were like, this is crazy. And, you know, I, and, and it's true because I share that story. At the time, I wasn't laughing. Nobody was laughing. It was very ugly. We were just like, what's going on? This is ridiculous. And how low? And who does this? But now it's like a story to laugh about. 
it's just, you know, and we have to remember that in everything we struggle through, whether we're struggling with learning, whether we're struggling with trends, what, whatever. Ten years from now, we might be laughing that people were taking cash offers that they didn't want to clean their house. It was easier for them to just cash offer it. But right now, they don't want to do that, right? They don't want to clean it. They don't want to fix it. They don't want to. They want somebody else to come in and take care of everything. And and they're happy with their profits. But we don't know 10 years from now, it could be all DIY crazy. You know, who knows? Maybe we just press buttons and everything gets done in our house. <laughs> the world changes. And so everything that seems super serious now, we can laugh at that later. And I share that with my sellers when I'm talking to them, because when, when they have us in or they have us speaking on the phone about their situation, I share that, that same saying with my sellers when they're going through, whether it's Liz Pendants, an ugly divorce, uh, you know, uh, they've been sick, they haven't been able to pay the bill, whatever it is, because typically that's what we're dealing with is people who are dealing, these aren't bad people, these are just bad things that happen to good people, right? So I always tell them two years from now, none of this will matter, and you'll be laughing because your life will be back on track. But for now, it might be a little uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I like that. And um, that is such good advice, especially in the midst of struggle or turmoil. So I can see why that's stuck with you for years. And and it's just so interesting. I, I love hearing your stories. I'm so sorry that there was some asshole that took out all your signs. Oh, like, there's plenty of stories. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a cutthroat, girl. Um, so very competitive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's. Real estate is such an interesting industry. It really is. Um, share so you know as you've gone through the years, you've adapted. You've you've kind of you know you're keeping your bolt your pulse on the consumer and what they're wanting. What do you think is next? Where do you see where do you see things going? Yeah, that's an interesting question because right now there's all the controversy about the buyer agency um, commission, right? That's it's a big thing right now. I often wonder, we already see a lot of agents leaving the business right now, like this to this day right now. And I, a lot of them, unfortunately, are buyer's agents. And, you know, this, I was drilled into this business knowing that if you want to make business, you need to learn to list, right? You need to learn to speak to sellers because sellers bring business. I think that's still going to be the case. I think that we have to look at all the big businesses. So if... Amazon is doing what Amazon does. And I know the Zillows and the Open Doors and Offer Pads, all of these businesses are, they're, they're generating, and we are too, doing what we're doing. Like they're generating a shift in the business. I think that we're just, people are still people, but we do have an enormous amount of uh, rental in the, in the country right now, right? So people are still buying to rent, whether it's single family home rentals, the Airbnb trend that's, that's out there right now. And I think that we have to consider the fact that population is coming into America by droves still. And people are dual residency, okay, all, all it, throughout all the states now. So I think that we have to look at what other countries are doing and what other countries are looking at us as. You know, it's still population. People are having babies and people are passing away and we're humans. But I think that um, the trends are going to be uh, houses have to be in top shape to get top dollar. We've already seen that trend, you know, more so on the West Coast, right? So like California is big on like, you know, sharp, clean housing. I'm sure they have their share of not so good, but it turns into a sharp house. 
by the time it gets into the market. Down here, we're still selling a lot of tired houses, right? New York, we were selling a lot of tired houses. I used to market. That's how I got my market share. I used to only market. I I only a uh, 5,000 home farm, but it was only to people who owned their homes 30 years or more. So I had a big farm, but I had a trend because people stayed where they, you know, people stayed longer up there. Down here, we're seeing a lot of tarred stuff. Like I look at listings and I'm like, oh God, how are they even putting this stuff on the market like this, right? And, and, and the pricing is still fairly high, right? So it takes a little longer for those to sell, but they're eventually selling as well because they ride into the market. They just ride in. So if they're on the market over a hundred days, they're just riding into a still slightly increasing market down here, but they could have been sold faster, you know, priced right or cleaned up and priced higher. <laughs> so I think it's going to be the curbios and, and like what we do, I think those kind of things are going to be necessary to get the houses to sell quickly yeah yeah i i i agree and and not and he, i also think too that a lot of buyers when they're you know staring at that 7.2 call it percent interest rate and they're looking at that monthly payment now they're kind of looking at the house and going if i'm spending this much money and with prices mm -hmm. all-time highs i mean they, they want that they want more value out of out of that house. So I, I agree. I think that the these remodel concepts before listing are they're doing really well. I mean, we see our we see that with our cash plus product. Um share with me a little bit about how you use Zudelio in your business. I use it more like a strategy, like as a tactic strategy, um, to get in front of potential sellers. So I use it on my social media all the time. And I don't think I have a good amount of people on my social media, but I don't ever expect somebody to just call me and go, bing, give me a cash offer. I really don't expect that. I do, however, get people who are on my social media refer me somebody because they're out somewhere and then they say, hey, you know, this Denise, she does these cash offers. So I'm constantly feeding that out into my feeds to keep people top of mind that I can help if you have somebody who needs help. Like there's an unusual situation that needs help. I can help. And it ironically, I it brought me, I thought I would get Liz pendants and people with financial issues. But the interesting thing is it recently brought me to 55 plus and we, we, we just closed the second one yesterday, if under today. So, um, you know, and that's with Zudelio, right? So we did two of those at 55 plus, which the if other investor portfolios that I deal with, they don't touch 55 plus. So this is a unique offering for that. And we helped not one, but both come out, even with the fees, they came out ahead because if they're in like a, a HELOC or in a, one was in a HELOC and one was in a, um, re, like a reverse mortgage, they call it a lifestyle loan. And when you calculate, and it's a lot of Excel spreadsheet calculation, <laughs> why you have to level up your skills. If you calculate what they were paying and where their equity was chewing away at and what they, what the goal was for each of them, where they needed to be and we, where the money needed to be, they made out ahead, even paying the fees. So neither was a distress sale, but both. And the way I put it was we put a plug in the, in the money funnel. You just didn't see that money funnel. You didn't see the money going out. You saw it on the, on the closing statement with the fee, but it was a fee. And it, the other two things were funnels that were chewing away at their money, where if they looked at it in a period of time, there was going to be a lot less equity should they continue to 
need funding for nursing and healthcare and so forth. So we looked at that and we put them both in better positions. And that was something I did not expect from this. Yeah, I didn't I didn't expect to hear that either. Yeah. Oh, so great, I need to dig great. in a little deeper on that. Yeah. It's a really good feeling. I did not expect, you know, one was 96 and I think she's 98 years old, the one yesterday, and healthy. <laughs> like she's going to keep living for a long time. And the other one was 88 and healthy, but his wife passed away and he didn't be there alone anymore. So you know, the family members are going, what do we do? Like, they're not, these people, they don't want to be home in their homes alone. We can't keep going there. We need to make some. So we really collaborated with the whole family was involved in both situations. I did not anticipate that coming. So that's a whole thing that I have to really get some rippling on paper and start thinking of. That's a business opportunity right there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would definitely agree. One thing that it's really neat is not every agent would be able to help someone in that situation. I mean, truly for you to be able to go in there and analyze the totality of their needs and offer options and have something that worked out well for them and then also increase their bottom line. I think that's beautiful. So I just want to say thank you for, you know, plugging in and learning about what we do and being open-minded about it and trying it um, and and really partnering alongside us to to have these incredible stories to share. We really appreciate you. Yeah. And the stories sell, you know, the stories are what people want to hear. You know, this is a faster, smoother transaction. It closes more quickly. There's no mortgage involved. You know, there's guaranteed funds. You know, and the, the one thing is like you never overpromise on something like this. Right. The, I deal with other cash offer funds. Right. So I, I present all offers. I don't guide just to one direction. But and I never overpromise. But even though Everything else is so important. We have to make sure that we're like being really transparent with the seller and family members in, in those two cases. You know, the ethical practices have to be there, right? Because especially with a senior market, <laughs> you want to make sure you have everything proper. And just by providing all the education and information to everybody, it allows them to make the best decision for them. I don't get every single deal. I don't, you know, but building the trust, that's makes everything goes so smooth. I agree. I agree. I love that. And in fact, it scares me to think of agents having these options and not being transparent, right? That, that's always something that it's scary because you don't know, you don't know who's out there running with it and, and what pieces they're sharing of, of, you know, especially when we look at some of the structured sales stuff. Um, so I'm really glad to hear that. Well, I kind of, I want to wrap up today. Again, thank you so much for your time. It's a, uh, it's been an honor, like learning about you and your your badass, powerful woman in in real estate, and uh, just massive respect uh, for all that you've accomplished for raising your three sons. The fact that they're all homeowners—I mean, everything that you're sharing with me is those are all things that I aspire to to see happen in in my life with my family. Well. <laughs> so, so good job, girl. Uh, it's not easy, you know. It's it. This is this business is. It will, it'll chew you up and spit you out. So, oh yes, several times. <laughs> yeah. And you know that's the beauty. Like I have been there, and I have like, that I have been like, okay, girl, get back up and do it. And that's the beauty of the business is that, um, you know, we are women, right? So like, 
the men go through it too, but women have like the different feels about the business <laughs> and keeping up with new things will get your locomotives going again, you know? And like, that's really what it is. It's just keeping that energy going. So your mind is like open to new thoughts and ideas, just like those two transactions I just shared with you. I mean, I didn't expect that. So we had that conversation yesterday in the house. That's really neat. Well, kind of to, to kind of wrap us up, I want to ask you kind of something interesting and fun. Uh, Denise, what is something about you that like nobody would ever guess? I I share a lot my my like daily mantra, okay? And that's to have what others don't, you must do what others won't, right? So I share that on a weekly call that I have. I share that in my, like when I do trainings with new agents and stuff. Um, and they all think like, oh, she, yeah, she just, you know, she's got powerhouse. But truth of the matter is, it's hard for me to step out of my comfort zone. It's very hard for me to embrace challenges. You know, inside, I'm an introvert. So I'm okay being home alone. I can read books alone all day. People don't believe that about me, but I come off very bold, but I'm quite the opposite. So <laughs> I think that's probably something people don't ever expect from me because I have a strong voice and a strong personality, but it's it's all my business persona. <laughs> that's that's actually again something else I can definitely relate to. Uh, and it, if you're like me, it takes a lot of energy to do those things. Uh -huh. But you're focused on the results, so you're willing to do the uncomfortable and hard. That's yeah. And I wouldn't have guessed it. You're right. I would have never guessed that about you. No, no, I get called out to be quite the opposite, and I'm just like, but you know, yeah. I don't have to explain it. Where When you're able to put your mind like tunneled onto one thing, you focus on that one thing. That one thing might not be really all about what you're about, right? So, ah, uh, well, we thank you. Uh, we must meet in person. Yes. Uh, we and I'm a banana. Yes. Okay. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> These bananas are, oh, man. I'm scared of like what someone might do with one of these bananas. <laughs> Keeping it real. No, but they're super fun. And I need a few bananas actually, because I okay. need the grandchildren. <laughs> All right. I'll tell you, you um the day that you were vid they were doing the video and yeah. right on the floor. I don't want to give it away. But the day they were doing that, I was on the phone with Title and she's like, I don't know, we're not really getting anybody answering us. I'm like, Well, you don't want to know what they're doing in the office right now. <laughs> we're laying in a pile of bananas <laughs> i said to her they're going a little bananas <laughs> oh that's funny i i'm gonna go tell the team oh that's hilarious well <laughs> denise it's a pleasure you are the the agent wish list of when we look <laughs> at who we like to be working with you check all the boxes and then some um so you're absolutely a pleasure to work with I, I can see the integrity and care you bring to your clients. And we certainly appreciate you. Again, appreciate you and your time. And we're going to send you some bananas, Denise. So <laughs> consider them on the way. Have an awesome weekend. You too. Thank Thanks. you.